the 12th of Tammuz, we celebrate the release from communist imprisonment, from Soviet imprisonment, of the previous Rebbe, Rabbi Yosef Yitzchak Schneerson. Welcome to the Ideas That Change the World podcast with Rabbi Manus Friedman, where we make sure your life will be changed for the better, one idea at a time. Rabbi Friedman is the number one voice of clarity on moral and social issues. So what are we waiting for? Let's go change the world. On the 12th of Tammuz, we celebrate the release from communist imprisonment, from Soviet imprisonment, of the previous Rebbe, Rabbi Yosef Yitzchak Schneerson. On the 12th of Tammuz, we celebrate the release from communist imprisonment, from Soviet imprisonment, of the previous Rebbe, Rabbi Yosef Yitzchak Schneerson. 1927 and communism was very intense. There was even a Jewish communist party called Yevsektia, the Jewish division. And these communists were determined to put an end to all observance and practice of Judaism, to the study of Torah, and became mortal enemies of the Rebbe who spent his entire life making sure that Judaism would continue to thrive and carry over into the next generation. When they came to arrest the Rebbe, it was after a long day and night of meetings and discussions that left the Rebbe very exhausted. He came home close to midnight to have supper. And as he was sitting down to supper, these two officials came bursting into the apartment with armed guards and announced that they were here to search the apartment. Now, there are certain kinds of evil, there are certain kinds of, of uh, unholiness that you have to deal with argue with, respond to, disprove. There are certain kinds of evils which you shouldn't respond to at all. The Rebbe decided that this evil of communism, and particularly the attempt to stifle religion and, and Yiddishkeit, was the kind of evil that you don't respond to. You don't give it any recognition, you give it no power, you give it no authority at all. And so immediately, the Rebbe took that attitude, took that position. And when they stormed into the apartment and they said, uh, is this the Schneerson home? <clears throat> the Rebbe said, I would assume that before you break into somebody's apartment, you know who lives there. Everybody knows who I am. And there's no need for this, uh, dr for the dramatics. They went to search the apartment. And of course, that meant that they had become confident enough to arrest the Rebbe 
thinking that they had grounds or proof or whatever to make the arrest stick. They went searching from room to room. The Rebbe's daughters, the Rebbe had three daughters, the Rebbe's daughters were there, and uh, they got into a conversation with these officials and started arguing. The Rebbe says in his diary, he was very proud of the way his daughters spoke, but it was futile. They were trying to reason with people who were not reasonable. For example, one of the officials asked one of the daughters, what party do you belong to? And she said, my father's party. Um, the official made some kind of a threat, and the daughter said, see, that's your problem. You come to intelligent people and learned people, and you try to intimidate them with the threat of the fist. Eventually, when the daughters realized that this was going to be an arrest, they started to plead with the officials. And the Rebbe called them aside and said, this is your will speaking, not your intelligence. You wish so strongly to be able to reason with them that you're going to try to do that. But you know it's not, it's not effective. They took the Rebbe to prison and promised that he would be given his talus and tefillin so that he could pray. When they took him into the first interrogation, and these two officials from the Jewish section of the, of the, uh, of the Communist Party were present at the, at the interrogation, the Rebbe said, I'm not going to answer any questions until I've been given my talus and tefillin. And they said, there's plenty of time for that. Right now you have to answer these questions. He said, I won't answer the questions until I'm given the talus and tefillin as promised. So one of the officials got really upset, and he said, don't you realize where you are? Because the building and everything about this building was, was designed to demoralize and intimidate. And they were surprised that the Rebbe wasn't intimidated. So they said, don't you realize where you are? And the Rebbe said, I know where I am. I am in a place that is not, that doesn't have to have a mezuzah. See, every doorpost has to have a mezuzah, except a barn or a bathroom. So the Rebbe said, yes, I know, I know I'm in a place that doesn't need a mezuzah. The Rebbe explained that what the previous Rebbe meant by that was not just an insult, but that he wanted to introduce the subject of mezuzah because there was no mezuzah. Later in the, uh, in the interrogation, when the Rebbe kept refusing to answer, one of the officials said, we don't have time, we don't have all night to argue about your, your, your religious needs. We're here to get some answers and, uh, and we want it done quickly. And the Rebbe said to him, don't hurry. Under this new system of government, there's no reason to hurry. You can wait patiently because your turn will come too. They'll come after you soon too. Don't hurry. And of course, in the end, Stalin wiped out the entire Jewish Communist Party out of his paranoia. At any rate, they took the Rebbe to his cell. 
And this was in some kind of a dungeon, three stories below ground level. And they were going down these steep metal staircases um, when the guard who was leading him to his cell started describing the pleasure that he has in torturing prisoners. The guard walked ahead of the Rebbe, leading the way to the cell. The Rebbe had his film by then, and being worried that he might not have a chance later on to put on the tefillin, once in the cell, he began to put on the tefillin as they were walking along. The guard turned around and noticed what the Rebbe was doing and became so furious that he shoved him down a staircase. And the Rebbe was painfully injured in the fall. The Rebbe describes the prison and the system of the prison where um, there is no light, there are no clocks. The only way you know whether it's day or night is by estimation. The Rebbe was granted certain privileges through the Russian Red Cross where he didn't have to take the constitutional walks through the, uh, through the courtyard and he was allowed to have a pencil and paper to, to continue his writings. He was also given permission to have uncut uh, loaves of challah brought in on Fridays so that he could have the complete challah on which to uh, make the bracha for Shabbos. During one of the interrogations where he was processed into the prison, he was taken into a large room where there were many desks and secretaries were interviewing and filling out forms for the various prisoners. He was sitting there at the desk and he noticed that in the center of the room there was a raised platform and there was a very officious looking man overseeing all the activity in the room. And he noticed that any time he looked at a certain desk, the secretary there became very tense and nervous. Anyway, the secretary started asking questions, filling out forms. She asked the Rebbe which party he belonged to, and he said he belongs to the party that believes in one God, who is the creator of all, and so on and so forth. And she said, I can't write that. So the Rebbe said, don't write it. You ask me a question, I'm giving you the answer. Anyway, she became flustered and kind of motioned for the uh, supervisor to come over. When the supervisor approached and the secretary became appropriately nervous, before the official could say anything, the Rebbe said to him, uh, is smoking permitted here in this room? The official was flabbergasted. Nobody had ever asked him that before. Prisoners were too intimidated to even think of it. And in this manner, the Rebbe continued to treat everyone involved in this, in this uh, cell, in this prison. For lack of cooperation, the Rebbe was even placed in solitary confinement. And the way the Rebbe describes it in his diary is that other prisoners had been put into the solitary confinement for an hour, and they came out stark raving mad. It's a tiny little room where you stand up to your knees in mud and there are vermin of all kinds running around 
It is so completely dark, you cannot see anything at all. You lose all sense of time and space. You become totally disoriented, except for the animals that are crawling on you. And an hour spent in there reduces a person to, to, to a lunatic. The Rebbe spent more than an hour there. 